this will conclude. Um, we're in a teaching series, The Works of the Holy Spirit. And uh, from my years in ministry, it's been very odd because typically when I hear uh, or I hear a teaching on the works of the Holy Spirit is traditionally, you know, the teaching, him teaching us, him leading us, him guiding us. Um, but the way that he, the direction that he gave me to go with this teaching was, the first one was that the goal is baptism. Okay, we're not just trying to get the Holy Spirit or have the Holy Spirit, but we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He poured his spirit out on all flesh. And he didn't turn the spout off once he poured it out. So now our goal is to be baptized. Our goal is to allow that spirit to incubate us. Because the only way we can grow is in his presence. If you take any child out the presence of their father, they stop growing. They stop growing. And we can't just do church as usual. We can't just come and clap our hands, stump our feet, and talk about Jesus died on the cross. We need to carry presence. Because, look, the, the world is getting darker and darker. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Here it come. The world is getting darker and darker. The father needs some representatives. We have to now become light. We have to now be become salt. We have to be a city set on a hill. They looking for it. And they're not just looking for it in church. They're looking for it in your marriage. They're looking for it in manhood, in womanhood, in friendships, in family, in business. We need more of him. We need more of him. So the plans of the Father in working the Holy in the works of the Holy Spirit is to baptize us. It is to incubate us. It is wow, and he's doing this because as he incubates us and as he baptizes us, he begins to work in us. He begins to work in us, his will and to do his good pleasure. A lot of times the growth does, has not happened like we want it to happen because we have not stayed in his presence. If you take a seed and you put it anywhere else but dirt, <laughs> It won't grow. It won't hatch. It won't develop. That seed will only grow if you put it in dirt. You can put it on a kitchen countertop, it will do nothing. Ain't that magical? Ain't, ain't that profound? That you can take a seed and you can put it anywhere and it will not open up, it will not respond, but the moment you put that seed in dirt, all of a sudden now it is something inside of that seed that says respond to the dirt. Well, why didn't it respond to the countertop? Why didn't it respond to a tile? Why didn't it respond to being sitting in the package? Why didn't it open up? Because everything the Father does is calculated. He made fish. You pull a fish out the water and just leave it there. It's going to die. You take a bird, clip its wings, you get that bird a couple months, and that bird will be dead. Why? Because the life is in him flying. 
is in him being able to soar. Matter of fact, his sight works better in the air than it does on the ground. In the same way, the Father created us to live in his presence. So when we talk about the works of the Holy Spirit, we have to start at being baptized. We have to start at being immersed in his presence until he works that thing in us. And while he's working his ways in us, he's working the world out of us. He's working generational curses out of us. See, it's going to take more than somebody to come up here and pray that the generational curses go away. You, you need a new mind. What y'all laughing at me for? That's the church, though. We won't come pray for my, No, we can't pray for generational curses to leave your family. You need a new mind. Okay, because after we get done praying for you, you got to think. And it's the thinking that's bringing the spirits to you. It's the, it's, the, it's the thinking that's keeping you in poverty. It's the, it's the mindset. Why would he tell us to have the mind of Christ? He didn't tell us to have no other part of Christ but his mind. <laughs> Why? Because the mind leads to the life. It is his mind that the kingdom of heaven responds to. It is his mind that the spirit realm responds to. So we're going to conclude the teachings of uh, the works of the Holy Spirit on today, and we have some uh, exciting things coming forward. Uh, our first scripture on today, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, our first scripture on today is going to come from John chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 7 through 15. There's a message in here. Father... In the name of Jesus, we give you permission, Father, to teach us, lead us, guide us, instruct us, Father. Father, our heart's cry is more of you, Father. We want more of your will, Father, more of your ways, oh, Father, more of your insight, your revelation, your enlightenment, Father. We need you, Father, more than ever, Father, to develop us, Father to see us, oh, Father, through the predestined purposes that you have given to us. So, Father, we thank you right now for what we are about to learn, Father, what we are about to navigate in. Father, we thank you in advance, Father, for understanding. Father, we thank you in advance for wisdom. We thank you in advance for revelation. Father, teach us, Father. Lead us, guide us, instruct us, Father, that ultimately, Father, we will live the life that you have predestined us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. John 16 and 7 reads, Nevertheless, this is Jesus talking. He says, Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. He said, Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. That's a hard conversation for the disciples. He's been walking with them for three years. They done seen him do everything from turn water into wine to open the eyes of a blind person. They done seen him disappear through walls, go through crowds. They done seen him do all these things, and now he's saying, I got to go. And then he tells them, it is to your benefit. Now, that's hard for them to fathom. That's hard for them to gather in their mind. How is it to be my benefit that you leave and you the son of God? He says, it is for your benefit that I go away. He says, because if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. 
if I go, I will send him to you. He didn't say us. He didn't say y'all. He said, I will send him to you. That's personal. That's personal. Verse 8 says, it says, when he comes, he will convict who? The world. He says he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Verse 12, he said, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. Verse 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, he starts off saying, truly, he said, I tell you the truth. I got to go. I have to leave. If I do not leave, the Holy Spirit can't come to you. The counselor can't come to you. The advocate can't come to you. He said, but if I leave, he is going to come to you. But then he starts the conversation off. He says, but when he comes, he's going to convict the world. He's going to convict the world. Then when we get to Verse 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he's going to convict the world, but he's going to guide us into all truth. He's going to convict the world. So the world can hear the spirit. The world can hear the Holy Spirit. But it's only through conviction. But those who are the children of God, he said he's going to guide you into all truth. He says, for he will not speak of his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15, everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, takes from what is mine and he declares it to you. He discloses it to you. Now, the title of this teaching on today is called CCTV. Now, it's weird. I know, totally weird. I meant for it to be weird, okay? This message has nothing to do with CCTV. If anything, anybody know anything about CCTV, it's a, um, it's, it's a form of surveillance in, in uh, the UK. It's, it's called closed circuit television. And the amazing thing about it is this, is that these cameras don't run off the internet. They don't run off electricity. They're closed circuit because only, the, only they can access that. Now, I don't know why y'all needed to know that, okay? My whole play off of this is I wanted to play off the CC part, okay? I just wanted to play off the CC part, and it just kept popping in my head, CCTV. Me and Dr. Hardy been entertaining uh, British TV. 
And all you hear is them talking about CCTV. And, and awkward words. Instead of saying bro, they say bruv. Hey, bruv. <laughs> so that's, it's, been a, it's been amazing watching that. But I want to play off of the CC part, okay? Because the Bible says that he has poured his spirit out on all flesh. Amen? He poured it out on all flesh. He didn't pour it out on some flesh. He didn't pour it out on, on his sons and daughters and didn't pour it out on sinners. Jesus said that, that, the, that the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. So I want to play off the CC part because the father has poured out his spirit. And under that spirit, there are two constant conversations. CC. OK, there are two constant conversations. And the constant conversations are this conviction and confirmation. Say it with me. Conviction and confirmation. And this is where we get CCTV from, okay? There's two conversations going on in the spirit realm. It's two conversations. You're either being convicted or you're being confirmed. Convicted means you're being deemed as guilty. I'm losing power or something. Turn me back up. Conviction means you're being, you're, you're being deemed as guilty according to divine law. To confirm means he's strengthening you. He's establishing you. So, con he said he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But then he's going to confirm to his children truth. It said the spirit would not speak of himself. He only speaks what he hears. He declares what is to come. He glorifies Christ. He takes what is Christ and he declares it to us. So we have these two constant conversations going on at all time. And when I say constant, they're constant. Because he poured out the spirit. When he poured out the spirit, he poured it out on what? All flesh. He poured it out on the unrighteous and he poured it out on the righteous. So the topic and the conversation that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about conviction and confirmation. John 16 and 8, he said, when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Verse 9, he says, about sin, because they do not believe in me. Now, sin is an archery term. It means to miss the mark or to never take the shot. Sin is to miss or wander from the path of uprightness and honor to go and do wrong. Sin is a violation of divine law in thought or in act. Sin collectively the complex and aggregate of sin committed either by a single person or by many. So this is when we're talking about the entire world being sinful. And then this was a strange definition, but it means to be without a share in, which lets us know that what sin does more than anything to the believer is it, it stops the inheritance. Sin is the thing that tells the father, I can't release that to you. 
The Bible says that the inheritance is for the children that walk in light. Now, verse 10, it says about righteousness. It says, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Now, righteousness is integrity. So he's convicting them of righteousness, of integrity, of virtue, of purity of life, of uprightness. It's a good one right here. Correctness in thinking, feeling, and acting according to the kingdom of heaven. So he's going to convict them of sin. He's going to convict them of righteousness. And then verse 11 says, and about judgment. He said, because the ruler of the world has been judged. Now, a judgment is a decision made because something is right, just, or, or wise. Judgment has to take place because there is an objective truth. There is an objective truth. Everybody can't have their own truth. And we coexist. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they what? Agree. So if we're going to agree, it has to be an objective truth. Everybody can't have their opinion of God. Everybody can't have their opinion of spirituality. There has to be an objective truth. In other words, there has to be a standard. There has to be a standard. Because he said that he was going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Convict means to deem guilty of doing wrong according to divine law, which is what? His standard. Now, this is a constant conversation. This is going on in the spirit realm at all times. He says he's going to convict the world. Who is the world? The ungodly multitude. The whole mass of men alienated from God and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ, which is truth. That's why the Bible says if, if, if I am a friend with the world, I become a what? Enemy. I become an enemy of God. Why is that? Because I automatically become hostile to truth. I can't agree with the world and agree with heaven. I have to make a decision. The Bible says if my mind is set on earth, it brings about death. But if my mind is set on heavenly things, it brings about what? Life and peace. So he's convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, amongst us as children of God, that includes your worldly mindset. All right. That includes the worldly mindset. That includes a worldly mindset. Because until you come out of worldly thinking, the only way you can hear the spirit is conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness, conviction of judgment. I can't, you can't be confirmed, you can't be established, you can't be strengthened until you take on the mind of Christ. He said he's gonna reveal, it's either conviction or it's confirmation. Either he's revealing to you that you need to repent. Because that's the whole purpose of the conviction. The conviction is to lead them to repentance. It's to bring people into their new life. The world is considered the orphanage. It is our job as sons and daughters of God to go out into the orphanage and, and bring them into the household. 
That's why we can't, this, that's why this life can never be part-time. It can never be part-time. This is a full-time life. And that's why I told you, if you take, if this life becomes part-time, you know what happened? You, 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 you begin to receive part-time information. Huh? If it become part-time, you receive part-time, part-time manifestation. If this life becomes part-time, if I have a job, if you have a full-time job and I have a part-time job, who got more money? Come on. If I enroll in school and you enroll in school and you enroll full-time and I enroll part-time, by the time I graduate, you're going to be into your career. So we have to, the Holy Spirit is convicting the world because conviction is supposed to lead to repentance. Conviction is, a, is the thing that establishes the kingdom of God through his family. All because of this one thing, there's a standard. He has a standard. If there is no standard, there's no need for us to meet and talk. There's no need for the word to be taught, the word to be ministered, if there is no standard. Because he said to them, he said, I'm going to convict you of sin. But he said, because he said, this is the reason why the conviction of sin is going out to the unbeliever. He said, because they do not believe in me. Now, believe is what? Belief is different from faith. Faith means I know you exist. I know the spirit realm exists. I know God created all things. But to believe in something is this. It means that I rely on him. I confide in him. Mean when the rubber hits the road, I only do it his way. I don't have another way. So he said, I'm going to convict them of sin because every now and then what happens is I have a way of doing things and they don't think that that is the way we should go. So I have to first convict them that you're guilty of living a life outside of me. I have to convict them because the standard is lifestyle. And the objective will always be to do it, what? His way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So watch this. If I don't take the way, if I don't take the truth, I don't take the life, okay, what's behind the door? Come on, students. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If I don't take the way, the truth, and the life, just finish the scripture for me. You can't get to the Father. So the whole purpose of repentance is to get them to the Father. He is the way. He showed us all through his ministry, this is how you do it. He's the life. He showed us how to live it. He's the truth. He told us where he got his truth from. Jesus got no truth from earth. None of his truth came from earth. That's why he told, he told his disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The leaven of Herod is, is the government. Beware. Do not take in any of their teachings, any of their rules, any of their regulations. How they do things, don't seek them. Seek the kingdom. Then on the religious side, he said, beware of the Pharisees' teaching because they're religious. They love the law, but they hate the relationship. 
They want to correct everything, but they don't want to build you up. They want to correct. They want to talk about sin and doing what's right and wrong, but they have no, they are clueless on grace. So he said, I'm going to convict them of sin because they don't believe in me. That's why the Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe, not have faith. This ain't a life where we just say he died on the cross. And I'm just going to go live my life the way I want to live my life. No, you got to have the life that, that prove that you believe. From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, there should be a consistent life that says, I believe that you sent your son. It should not just be, I believe that he sent Jesus on the cross. One day I'm going to go to heaven. In the meantime, I'm going to do me. That's why he says in, in the book of Hebrews, he says, I have to deal with my children through chastisement. He said, if I don't deal with you through chastisement, then you're a bastard. He said, if I can't chastise you, then you're a bastard. If I can't tell you you're right, you're wrong, if I can't convict you, then I definitely can't confirm you. If I can't convict you, I can't confirm you. If I can't tell you no, stop and don't, stop putting your hand out. Pray in this manner, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now give me, Father. Whoa, I completed this other stuff first, so now I feel like it's okay for me to ask. You tell your children, go clean up your bedroom, do this, do that, and do this. They come back to you, and they ask you for something. That ain't done? What's the answer? No. When you get done doing that, and not only doing it, but doing it at a high level. Then come to me and ask me. This is the reason why most of the church is, is, is missing out on the blessings, because we don't want to hear what he has to say. We don't want to be convicted. We don't want to go through that stage of conviction. That is the best stage you can go through, is a stage of constantly being convicted by the Spirit. And we try to act like it's condemnation. It's not condemnation. No, conviction is, 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 is cousins to condemnation. They, they, they're cousins, okay? Because conviction means to strongly disapprove something. And that's also a definition of condemnation. But when you condemn somebody, you're telling them you ain't no coming back from that. You're going to hell. And so we can't mistake conviction and condemnation. And, and we do it because we don't want to get corrected. So he said the, the Holy Spirit is going to convict of sin. Then he said of righteousness. He said, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. So he's letting them know, look, I'm going, to, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And now the conviction is happening because of the standard of position. Because you no longer have to be in that position. Now a doorway has been opened for you to be seated at the right hand of your heavenly Father. So is it, is it, this has now become an expected posture. Everything we do, the Father expects us to do it where? From that position. A position of power, a position to know that he honors us. Then he said of judgment. Ooh. 
And he said, judgment because the ruler of this world will be judged. And the whole purpose of this is because now there's a B team. Before Christ came and said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, there was no other way. Now there's a B team. Now watch this. There's an opposition. This is why the Bible lets us know the wages of sin is death. You see the two conversations, right? But the gift of God is eternal life. This is a constant conversation. Letting people know that, look, if you choose to go down this path, there are wages for this. But if you, if you choose to accept this path, you get eternal life. And, and the beautiful thing about eternal life is with eternal life, we get grace. We get grace. You know, the father has no problem with us making mistakes. He has a problem with us quitting. He have a problem with us not giving our all. He have a problem we don't even try. We just going to let flesh rule. We just going we just going to uh, let our mouth rule. So he says judgment because this world has to be judged because like I said there's a B team now. You have a choice now what team you want, you can be on. You have a choice now of who you can agree with. And the whole thing behind going to going to hell and going to heaven has nothing to do with more than this. If you don't want to be my child, you can't come with me when it's all said and done. <laughs> when this session is over, when we get done with this, I'm taking my wife and my kids. I'm going home. Okay? If you ain't a part of my family, you can't come. You go to your own house. Okay? So he's just letting the world know that if y'all reject me here, because Jesus said this, if you deny the Father, he's going to deny you. You cannot live a whole life on this planet and do nothing he tells you to do. Then when it comes to meeting him, then all of a sudden now, I'm your child too. What up, God? <laughs> so this is why judgment has to happen. Because there is a right way of doing things and there is a wrong way of doing things. It's the standard of wages by affiliation. If you want to act like Satan, then you get his reward. If you want to follow his ways, then you get his reward. So he expects us to cooperate, cooperate because there is an opposer. There is somebody that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But then on the other side, watch this. There's somebody who's trying to give you life and that more abundantly. So there's a constant conversation going on in the spirit realm. A constant conversation going on in the spirit realm. And it's either convicting you of sin, righteousness, or judgment, or it's revealing Christ to you. That's why when Paul came on the scene, he came on the scenes revealing the mysteries of Christ. He wanted them to know about sonship. He wanted them to know about the adoption process. He wanted them to know that God was their father. So much that he took none of the Old Testament vernacular. He was a Jew. He didn't come to them saying Jehovah Jireh is my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. He didn't come to them talking about Adonai. He said, you can cry, Abba, Father, now. 
And so there's a constant conversation, even in the church, of people who who still looking for Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, he my provider. No, he not. <laughs> no, he not. He died, he resurrected, he next to the Father. Jehovah Jireh is not your provider. Your heavenly Father is your provider. Father sums up every name of the Old Testament. Father sums up every name of the Old Testament. My father is my peace. Jesus said, peace I leave you, not the peace the world gives you, which brings me to my next topic, my next scripture. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in a baptism of the Spirit, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. But he tells us the kingdom of God is not. It ain't meat, it ain't drink, it ain't clothes, it ain't shoes, it ain't cars, it ain't homes. Matter of fact, he told them don't seek after food. He told them don't seek after clothes. He told them don't seek after what you're going to drink. He said only seek first the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, he said these things are on the mind of the unbeliever. He said when your life is about seeking these things, it's a proof that you don't believe. You don't believe. You don't believe I can provide that. He said don't pray with vain repetition. Your father already knows what you need. And then before that, he has the audacity to tell him he clothed the birds. He take care of the birds. <laughs> he take care of the flowers. He take care of the grass. I was talking to a guy one day. He said, why is there so much rain? God got to feed them too. <laughs> he got to feed them too. And he's so considerate of them. Why would he not be considerate of us? There's a conviction and there's a confirmation. As we grow, we should be established in our thinking. We should not be ye of little faith. We know what to do with a storm. We should know. After a while, they was first day on the job. They wake him up. We all about to perish. You of little faith, peace be still. And he go back to sleep. What is he telling us? It's two conversations going on. They panicking, he sleep. They panicking, he sleep. He said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. But this is the thing. Hmm. Y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. For us as children of God, persecution confirms the kingdom life. Right? Persecution confirms the kingdom life. If persecution starts to take place and you lose your position as righteous, righteousness is what? Correct living in and from the kingdom of God. Persecution starts to take place. All of a sudden, I start thinking different. I start acting different. I start responding different. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. Where? In his presence. So once persecution come in his presence, I should still have correct thinking. Okay. 
I'm good, y'all. I hope y'all are. Persecution confirms the kingdom life. If you want to know if you are established in the kingdom life, just look at how you handle persecution. When persecution comes, it shouldn't kill your peace because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in his presence. Peace is a tranquil mindset in this relationship, not fearing the Father because I know his heart towards me. I know the thoughts I think of you. I know the thoughts I think of you. I know what everybody else is saying, but I know the thoughts I think of you. I know how the situation looks, but I know the thoughts I think of you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. So stop fretting. Don't be afraid. I have not given you the spirit of fear. This is how I know that I'm confirmed and I'm established in the kingdom. Until then, I'm being convicted. I'm being corrected. And that's the best place you can be when you consider you cannot hear. And you can have a reprobate mind. And he can turn you over to your ways and you can just do them and he won't bother you. That's what a reprobate mind is. It's when you have a mindset that goes against the father and he gets to the point where he says, okay, I'm not going to bother you no more. I'm going to let it destroy you. And that's what's going to happen when we're taken away from here. You know why? Because that spirit that he was poured, that poured out on all flesh, that he said in the book of Genesis, that it will not strive with you always. It's not going to always strive with you. It's not going to always convict you. It's going to get to a place that's going to stop convicting you. It's going to let you do what you want to do. Now, we're not talking about sin as in trespass. Not even in transgression, okay, because we make mistakes. We don't see clear. We miss the mark, amen? Where sin does abound, grace abounds even more. All right, I want to scare y'all, okay? But we're talking about pure iniquity. When you made in your mind, I don't care what God say, I don't care what the church say, I'm going to do my thing. That's why you see this monkeypox popping up. They made a decision. It's mostly contracted by homosexual men. They made a decision. And they manifested a whole disease. We ain't going to listen. We're going to do what we want to do. And what happened? You manifest a whole disease. You pull something out the spirit, out the spirit realm on the dark side. Because you made your they made their mind up. They're going to do what they want to do. They don't care what, they, what the church say. Because this Bible is old and it's antiquated. And, and why we still listen to this? For us, persecution confirms the kingdom life. When it comes to joy. Joy is contentment. Knowing Abba meets all my needs. Joy is contentment knowing that all things work together for the good of them that are called by his purpose. I probably messed that scripture up, didn't I? Did I? According to his purposes. Okay, good. And it's a mindset 
in the spirit when we know we're predestined. When you know you're predestined, when you know you're called, when you know that you're chosen. So persecution confirms the kingdom life. In his presence, the Bible says, okay, in his presence, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, joy, and peace in his presence, not outside his presence. It's in his presence. Giving attention to his spirit, giving attention to his kingdom, giving attention to how he does. You know, you can't bring this. You can't get the spirit in your life until you decide I'm seeking the kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay, if I do that, then what happens? The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy and peace in his presence. No peace, no joy It's probably because of what we're seeking. But. My ministry point is this. My ministering point is this. There is a constant conversation that is going on because the father poured out his spirit on all flesh. With the church, with his sons and daughters, I'm not going to even say the church, with his sons and daughters. You got to say that nowadays. With his sons and daughters, because everybody say they're Christian. Everybody's, now the thing is, we ain't got to go to church. The church ain't the building. We just stay at home and we still the church. No, the church is those who have been called, who are in the kingdom, and they have established themselves in the kingdom, and the Father decides, I can use you guys to impact the world. That's the church. That's what the church is. The church is not people who go to church. The church is people who are training to be sons and daughters because the whole premises behind the church is when they leave the king, they're going, they're going from the kingdom out into the land to bring, about to bring about legislation. They're leaving the kingdom and they're going to tell other brothers and sisters like, look, this is the kingdom. This is how they do things and, and so forth. You need to come over here. That's what the church is. The church represents impact. Okay, so until we are impacting, we are not the church. We are not the church. That's why I, that's why I, uh, uh, I don't want to say tested, but that's why I challenge you guys. If you have a powerful life, you should be winning souls. If you have a powerful life, you should be winning souls. People should see your life and they should gravitate towards you. Whoever comes into your presence, they should change. The Bible says that we are his co-laborers. We are his field. We are his building. We are the workmen. We are created in Christ for his good works. We only exist as children of God to represent his kingdom. So there's a constant conversation that is going on in the spirit realm. And it's because the father poured his spirit out on all flesh. For us, he's confirming Christ. For them, he's convicting them of sin, he's convicting them of righteousness, and he's convicting them of judgment. So, y'all ready? <laughs> Terry said no. Watch, I'm about to close. Watch this. We don't have to convict the world. It's not our job to convict the world. We don't have to convict the world. It's not our job to convict it. It's a whole, con he poured out his spirit. It's angels to do that. 
We don't have to convict the world of sin. There's no way your voice is more powerful than the Holy Spirit. There's no way your voice is more powerful than his spirit realm. There's no way your, your voice can spread and go further. Watch this. There's no way that your voice, I'm looking for the word, can have a greater status than God's. So it's not our job to convict the world. Jesus loved the sinners. He ate with the sinners. He was hanging out. He was kicking it with the sinners. The Pharisees, why he eating with them? Because <laughs> y'all don't know the Father's mission. <laughs> then look at the Father's agenda towards the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus had no problem with the world. The Father had no problem with the world. The church has people thinking it's a war between the church and the world. It's not. It's not. We're not warring with them. We need, they need us. Because they're, they're, they're about to hit a wall. And when they hit that wall, they're going to need light. So it's not our job to convict the world. Here we go. Three things. We just have to co-labor with Abba in reaching them. We don't have to convict the world. We have to co-labor with him in reaching them. In prayer, in our conversation, in our conduct. And this is a big one right here, in carrying presence. It's your responsibility to carry his presence. It is your responsibility to carry the Father's presence. So when you do run into somebody who's looking for a light, you can be that. We don't have to convict the world, but we do have to do ministry the right way. We do have to open ministry and do ministry in a loving manner. We do have to do ministry in a way that, watch this, confirms his kingdom. So we don't have to convict the world. Here goes my next point. We just have to deliver the gospel in the proper context. Because they don't want to come in here, sit in here, and hear you tell them everything that they're doing wrong. They already know that. Why do they know that? Because the Spirit is convicting them of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So when they come into the church, they don't need to hear about their sin. They know their unrighteousness. They know they're unrighteous. They don't need to hear that. They need to hear, watch this, how much their father loves them. How much he wants to see them change and grow. The Bible says that the word is truth. You ain't got to go no further than the word. Just talk about it in the proper context. The Bible says that the word is spirit and life. All, you got, all we have to do is teach the word. The Bible says to teach it in season and out of season. We just got to be diligent in ministering, which means we got to be diligent in studying. Because the Bible tells us that we can use the word to teach, to correct, and watch this, to reprimand. We ain't got to talk about the homosexuals, but we do have to teach is wrong. We don't have to talk about the homosexuals. Jesus had plenty to say about the Pharisees, nothing to say about Nicodemus. 
We just have to teach them. We just have to correct them. And we have to reprimand, which means we can't allow it to just be free while we quiet. We don't have to talk to them. We don't have to talk about them. Now, we should minister to them. But most importantly, we need to talk to the youth. We need to talk to the people that's coming up and seeing that and coming into agreement with it. We need to get some of these parents who talking about they got a, um, what was the term? About the type of child that they had? A, um, something, one of those, what y'all just said. Okay, it, it, it's yeah, a gender neutral child. How you got a gender neutral child and you just seen them naked? You changed the diaper. How are they gender neutral? You changed their diapers. How did you come to the conclusion that they are gender neutral? You seen the plumbing. You know what they have. How is, they, how is that gender neutral? It's not the gender. It's revealed through the body. It tell, the body already gives a clue of what you can and what you can't do. <laughs> we don't have to convict them. They know that's wrong. The testimony Keenan gave, they know that's wrong. They looking for a way out. You know what? They just can't find light. They just can't find somebody that will love them long enough for them to come out. So we don't have to convict them. We just got to bring the gospel in a proper context. We don't have to convict them and just keep living. They'll watch and they'll be running. They'll run into situations and circumstances and they'll look like, why they don't ever go through that? Uh, <laughs> you waking up. So we don't have to convict the world. That's my last point. We just have to live. We just have to live a right lifestyle. We just have to be light. We just have to be salt. We just have to be a city set on a hill. We just have to be his righteous ones. Watch this. We just have to be his ambassadors. We just have to be his elect. We just have to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We don't have to convict the world. We just got to be who he says we are. We judge by our life, not our voice. Your life is, your life is enough judgment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says that the saints will judge the world. The saints will judge the world. That ain't conversation. How do we do that? Live as salt. Live as light. Be an authentic child of God. Have the same love, watch this, for the world that the Father had for him. You know that word, love, when he said I, that he so loved the world? That's not agape. That's agapoa. Agapoa is a different from agape in this sense. Agape is unconditional love that a person is supposed to have. Agapoa is when you give unconditional love and it doesn't matter what they give back. It doesn't matter what they give back. He didn't love them because they loved him. 
He didn't love them. The father didn't love them because so that, so that he can be loved. He loved them because he knew that they needed him. Plus, he knew his original plan for mankind. I told you, Jesus was plan B. Jesus was plan B. The original plan was for him just to have kids, put Adam on earth, and we just nominate this earth. And then Adam fell. So we judge. The Bible says that we judge the world. Not only that, the Bible says that we judge angels. That we judge angels. This ain't by our conversation. This ain't by our conversation. This is by our life. This is by our walk. Walk in the spirit. So you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be led by the spirit. As many as are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. Live in the spirit. Why is he telling us to do all those things? Because there's two conversations going on. One is confirming and one is convicting. And you don't want to be under the conversation of conviction. You want to be under the conversation of confirmation. Because what it means is he's strengthening you. He's establishing you. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. It's a constant conversation going on in the spirit realm. Two conversations going on. A conversation of conviction. Look, all we have to do is pray. We spend more time talking than we do praying. We spend more time arguing, more time debating. Let's cancel that. Let's cancel the debating, okay? Let's cancel the social media debate. Let's cancel all the debating with our loved ones and just pray. The time that you're going to be, that you could be uh, uh, um, contesting them, and have a conversation about what they should be doing, go pray. Because you are not po more powerful than what he poured out. You are not more powerful. N not only that, your presence isn't consistent enough. You're going to tell them what they don't do, what they need to be doing, and then you ain't going to talk to them for two months, two years, sometimes two decades. And all you have for them is a word, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. No, you need to be living a life. We need to be praying, and, and they need to be watching us. Just let them watch. Just let them watch you. Because trust me, they're watching you. they clocked on you. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. They was on Jesus like that. They were waiting on Jesus to make a mistake. Let me see if he's going to heal them. <laughs> it's the Sabbath day. Let, let's see what he's going to do. Let me ask him a question and see what he's going to say so we can stone him. They watching. They are watching. Upset. Put the, put the apostles in jail because they're turning the whole city upside down. Telling people there's another way out of this foolishness. <laughs> so let that be our posture that we have an understanding that there is a constant conversation going on in heaven. There's a constant conversation going on through the spirit realm, and we don't have to convict the world. All we have to do is pray. Amen? Amen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father, that you would teach us, Father, 
Lead us, Father. Guide us. Instruct us, Father. Father, give us an ear to hear, Father, what the Spirit is saying to the church, O Father, to your sons and daughters, Father. As your children, Father, we ask you, Father, that you would equip us, Father. We ask you that you would nudge us, that you would remind us, Holy Spirit.